already got a little bit of feedback from yesterday's video from some of you, uh, so thank you very much. Uh, lots of positive things, not too many negative things. That's a good, good sign. I appreciate it. It makes me actually want to do it more uh, and definitely reaffirms my belief in people that they uh, agree a little bit with some of the things that I'm espousing during these 10 things that I hate uh, or the 10 things that piss me off. Um, I think that you'll find in most of these things that irritate me, that make me angry, there's kind of a common thread. And it's that it's just us, it's us as people giving in to our negative tendencies, which is an easy thing to do. Um, along the lines of what my zodiac sign, uh, or what my friend told me my sign was, uh, it's very easy to be lazy-minded, to fall victim to attribution error, to confirmation bias. Uh, to not be thoughtful, to not be empathetic or nuanced. There's a great little mini dialogue or monologue in the movie Seven, classic old but disturbing movie. Um, he, Morgan Freeman, is talking about um, how difficult life is. And he says, it's easier to beat a child than raise it. It's easier to get lost in drugs than to uh, be responsible. And that's, that's true. Life can be really complicated and really difficult. Um, it, there was a meme that I saw just yesterday that was uh, on one of the funny accounts that I follow on Instagram, and it was essentially uh, some parents saying that every day their two-year-old wakes up and says, help, I woke up, and that that parent relates so incredibly well to that concept, that idea that just waking up in the morning can be a strain. Yeah, life's, it's not easy. And, you know, to be honest, some groups uh, don't make it much easier. I don't watch a lot of TV, usually. I, you know, I'm living abroad in different places. It's not easy to get access to regular cable television. Um, I have kind of officially cut the cord, but when I'm back home, I do it from time to time. But you turn on a TV here in the States, and one thing I've noticed, especially over the last several years since I've been coming back, that just people screaming yeah, yelling at the TV set, um, you know, things that are blatantly exaggerations from both sides, by the way, um, you know, screaming that President Biden is awful, also from both sides, by the way, um, that he's horrible, that, um, yeah, uh, that there's something completely wrong with him, yeah, that the new problems, there's been actually some new problems with the Build Back Better plan, which actually is an interesting plan, and I'm not going to discuss it in detail, but there's one guy in particular, a senator from uh, West Virginia, Joe Manchin. He's holding up the progress and people are calling him evil on the left, uh, right? So we like to use these incredible exaggerations, terrible, evil, awful. Tap that break, Sparky, okay? Uh, people love to do this. They go too far. Either you're divine or uh, you're the devil. And there's no room for the in-between. So let's get one thing straight at the beginning. Nobody, nobody that you know, nobody that you've heard of, read about, or that uh, your parents knew, no one that you're related to, no one is divine, no one is perfect. We're all flawed, but that's what it means to be human. Uh, and that's okay. Now, there are probably evil people. Uh, not probably, I, I, would, I would say that there is evil in the world. I think that time and history has proved that there are people who only care about themselves and will hurt anyone that they can, any moment that they can. But the number of people that fall into that category are so few and far between 
yeah but there are people out there on the extremes that want to lump anyone who doesn't agree with their point of view into this category zuckerberg yeah he's he's just awful he's evil he is evil incarnate yeah he wants to profit from extremism out there from the dissension that exists between you know uh people well, first of all, he's not creating the content. Actually, he's just in the business of sharing what people want to share and what people want to consume. Um, people are responsible for creating the vile content that gets shared and passed around these days. Um, and by the way, I would also say not many people are responsible for it. There's a small number of people who make a lot of awful, loud, extreme content. Other people get pissed off and engage. And then the algorithm does its work. It shares the things that people get upset about and engage with, right? Why don't we engage with more dogs on skis or cats in funny poses or something like that? We could control the algorithm, actually, if we wanted to, because the algorithm's not searching out for violence or um, you know, divisive content. It's searching out for engagement. But we choose to engage on a daily basis with the things that make our blood boil. Well, if we stopped consuming the extreme content, yeah, then it wouldn't get shared, yeah? But the extremes are what anger, they are what excite, they are what enrage and passion us, yeah? And that's what we do engage with, it's what we look at and share and everything else. Extremes are, quite literally, all the rage, yeah? And it's not just in social media, by the way, it's in lots of areas, in, in health. So I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of my clients, a lot of friends, about health and fitness. Uh, as most of you who follow me on social media know, I, I'm big into running. I've actually lost a good amount of weight over the last six months. I'm really proud of myself and I'm happy with what I'm doing. I do not get any kind of runner's high. Let's not, uh, let's not go to an extreme there. Um, but I enjoy running and I like what it's brought to me. But I run because I also know that I love food. Yeah, and I'm going to eat the things that are probably not that healthy, that are probably going to make me put the weight back on. Um, in fact, I did a 10K today, but I stopped at the end at Whataburger because it's one of my favorite treats, yeah? Um, it's not extreme. It, I run a lot, but I do it so that I can eat whatever I want. Yet there's still so many people who, um, you know, they wanna get ripped to run seven marathons in seven days, which is a thing, by the way, seven marathons, seven days on seven continents. They don't eat any carbs, they don't eat any meat, or they only eat meat. They don't drink any alcohol. Alcohol, like Zucker and Zuckerberg and Biden and Joe Manchin are, are terrible. So is cheese, or actually, by the way, cheese, scientifically proven to be at least neutral when it comes to health. Something that happened this year, a good thing that happened this year. Um, but the point is that I do what I do because I think about what's, what's something in the middle, this middle ground, right? I can run and I can exercise, but I can also um, enjoy the food that I want, yeah? The word balance gets tossed around a lot, right? Finding balance. I have a good student. Uh, he has balance actually tattooed on his arm. And strangely, he doesn't actually have a lot of balance when it comes to his health. He's pretty extreme in terms of no alcohol, running every day, lots of physical fitness, that kind of thing. But for him, he has found that kind of uh, happy medium from his previous life to this current uh, version. I think balance is not perhaps the right word. I like a different word. Reasonable. Yeah. Don't overdo it. Don't only eat meat. 
don't never eat meat. Now, of course, it's your life. If you have moral reasons or whatever not to eat meat, that's fine too. And however you decide to live your life, it's up to you. That's I'm just here thinking and trying to engage people to understand that there's not one diet, by the way, that's going to work for you. There's probably hundreds, and you can go through all of them and try and find the one that, in, that works the best for you. But I think the idea, the concept is to be reasonable. The opposite of extreme is just that, it's reasonable. We need reasonable people talking about reasonable solutions to, reason, to big problems in a reasonable way. Extreme people are lazy, they are loud, yeah? Uh, and they are very rarely, rarely right. Now I say rarely, because I'm not gonna say never, because that's an extreme word, yeah? Um, I get this question a lot from non-Americans when they look at American politics and media and other things. They ask if America's really as divided as it looks from the outside. It looks extraordinarily polarized. They see American politics and the news, pundits yelling at each other, calling each other terrible names, and uh, is that really how uh, America is? Now, I think all of it is, is exaggerated. I think the bulk of the people are in the middle. I'm not going to say that America is in some sort of state of kumbaya, far from it, but I don't think it's as divided as it appears. I think most people, most people I talk to, most people I engage with, most people I know, interact with, and am friends with, across the spectrum, from very democratic and very left to very right, they are, in fact, reasonable, and they're willing to talk about these things in a reasonable way. Now, I do know some extreme people, or at least they seem, they appear by their interactions to be extreme, yeah? Uh, but I think one of the problems is that we have somewhat normalized extremism. It's okay to call people evil or stupid or terrible. It's okay not to understand and appreciate nuance, to be, according to the four agreements, to not be impeccable with your word, yeah? And I think it's important that we are. I, I don't think it's okay for either side to say that Manchin or Biden or Zuckerberg are evil, yeah? Uh, I think it's important for us um, to have and understand nuance. And maybe that's the controversial idea. Maybe that's something that's going to get people out there who are listening to, to yell back at me, which is quite frankly baffling. The fact that my nuanced opinion, that none of these guys that I've mentioned and most people that we can talk about in political or economic or business spheres, they're not evil and they're not saints. That little nuanced opinion is going to get people that I know to call me names, yeah? Now, I'm happy to discuss having a difficult conversation with anyone about any of these people and why you disagree and don't like them. I'm willing to bet a lot of it has to deal with uh, the things that you think they've done or seen them do or uh, articles that have been written about them by someone else, yeah? We need, by the way, all of that information that you've consumed, as we talked about last time, somewhat biased, at least a little bit. We need to get away from this idea of embracing uh, the polar ends of opinions, yeah? I was talking to a student just today about American democracy and she was comparing it to Russian democracy, the Russian government. She had high praise for it, and many respects I agree. I have great praise for the American governmental system. In lots of ways, it's fantastic. Um, but we fall short in a number of ways. And I told her uh, one particular way that comes to mind is the extreme wording of political candidates these days. Now, why does it happen? Why is the language of everyday politics 
um, so extreme, so outlandish, if you ask me? Well, it's because we have this phrase in politics to fire up your base, right? We need to fire up our base and get people voting, yeah? Reasonable, reasonableness doesn't fire anyone up. Reasonableness isn't sexy. It's, it's the opposite. It's mundane almost. So I suggested an idea to this student um, that's actually already in practice, and it was mandatory voting. The fact that every citizen should have to vote. If not, you're subject to a fine. Not a huge fine, but a fine. Uh, actually, Australia already does this, and they have turnouts in their elections of over 95% regularly. It's not a huge fine, again, it's just enough to motivate people to get out and, and to vote on, on election day. Yeah, What happens when you have everyone voting? There is no firing up of the base. So what happens is politicians, and you look at it, and maybe some of my Australian friends who are listening can speak to this, uh, there's more reasonableness in the political discourse. Yeah, There's less extremes, because those extreme views they're not the ones that are trying to fire up people. It's the reasonableness in the center. Yeah, it's something to think about and something to talk about, something to speak about, I would say. I know it's easier when you're reasonable uh, to tune out the extremes, just to let people yell. But I think it's kind of time that the reasonable majority that's sitting in the middle, that has been silent, to engage those polls. It's not easy. It takes patience. It takes a high EQ, but it's vitally important. And it reminds me actually of a, of a podcast I heard uh, back in the spring. It was a, uh, the Daily by the New York Times interviewed a doctor from a rural state. I think it was Tennessee or something like this. And um, he was trying to talk to his patients about getting vaccinated. And uh, his patients, very conservative, outlandish ideas. They think that Bill Gates, another evil person, uh, was trying to inject them with some sort of, uh, you know, microbes or who knows what exactly they thought. When I heard them and what their objections were, I immediately went to, why is he talking to these crazy people? But he politely and calmly addressed every one of their issues, made them understand. And by the end of his dialogue that they were recording with these two older patients, they understood what his, he, he went by point by point and brought them around to them their side, right? That kind of thing is what we should learn from yeah uh, I know that I have and I'm going to do my best not only to be reasonable myself but to engage those who aren't and I hope you do the same until next time I'm a Texan abroad